I don't know how many of you have had that dream. I suspect most people have, where you dream that you are somewhere and you are completely inappropriately dressed. And often it involves missing a piece of clothing, which is somewhat vital. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, I didn't really do that, thank goodness. Um, today's story, of course, has an element of clothing and being in the right clothing. And um, we'll get to that in a minute. So we're in Matthew still, and we're still in this, these chapters where Jesus has gone into the temple, he has allowed children and those who have disabilities into the temple. And then he's told these stories about how those who had this promise made to them have utterly rejected it by their behavior. And this is another one of those, right? So um, the guy, the uh, whatever, the father, throws a wedding banquet for his son, and he invites like the people he should invite, the friends, the neighbors, the people who are on the in crowd. And kind of like last week, they're like, <laughs> we're not interested. And not only are they not interested, but they're really violent towards the messengers. They're not nice. They don't just say, no, thank you. They actually attack the people who've come from the Father. And then we have this strange addition to this story. It starts off with these people being brought in who were not invited, both the good and the bad, Luke notes. You can have bad people in the temple. Oh my goodness, you think. And then it gets weirder because there's this poor person who has been dragged in off the street who is wearing ordinary street clothes and is set into outer darkness where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And how on earth, we think, does he have time to change? How on earth, we think, could someone who is poor afford a wedding robe. Now that's where we have to be careful because this is Matthew. And the parallel is fairly obvious, right? So you've got God putting on this great feast for God's people and then the prophets turn up and the people really don't like the prophets and they kind of, you know the story in the Old Testament, some of them they beat up on, some of them they kill. And so then God opens wide the door and says, come on in. It's not about whether you're uh, Jew or Gentile. It's not about even whether you're good or bad. Come on in. But what we hear wrong is Luke's story. Luke has the same story. But Luke uses it for the purposes of the social gospel. Matthew does not. Matthew does not say that they called in the poor and the lame, basically went and got the underdogs of society. Matthew doesn't say that. All Matthew says is good and bad. Luke doesn't have anything about this wedding robe because for Luke, with all these poor people in the banquet, that would be ridiculous, right? But Matthew doesn't have that caveat, we are not invited to assume that these people were anything other than a mixture of ordinary people. And then the other thing, of course, is 
we don't know the timeline. If this guy had invited a zillion people and they've all said no up front, he may have two weeks to get more different people in. So we assume a timeline in Matthew. We assume that literally the slaves went out, yanked poor people off the streets, and put them in this room. Matthew doesn't say that. Matthew is not talking about a social gospel. He's talking about discipleship and how discipleship relates to the lack of following through, the lack of faith, the lack of action of those who are in charge of the temple. <coughs> Excuse me. So we have to be careful about that. So this person who is thrown out for not having a wedding robe, that might be a totally reasonable reaction. You know, dude, you've had a couple of weeks, you're not poor, why on earth would you dare to turn up in junky clothes? You know what the rules are. And that's where we have to pay attention. Because Matthew and Luke are written in different places at different times. They're not probably cross-referencing with each other. And if they are, the way they use their material is sometimes vastly different. But what we might want to note is that Luke goes on to the cost of discipleship after this story. A different sort of cost of discipleship than Matthew goes on to. But how about we see that as cost of discipleship? How about we see that turning up prepared, that taking the invitation seriously, is what discipleship is about. Very different spin on things. And then we have the wailing and gnashing of teeth. And I get very frustrated when all we hear is, that's eternal damnation and punishment. Now, I don't know what happens to us when we die. I would tend to think that God doesn't damn people to eternal punishment. Apart from anything else, I'm not sure that eternity is sequential like that. That wouldn't make sense. But whatever this means, we have to remember that Jesus is in a Judeo-Greco situation. Although the Romans are around, the thought is still very much influenced by the Greeks who had Hades. And Hades isn't hell. Hades has all these sorts of gradations and different places in it. So we have to be a bit careful that we don't just jump the sort of medieval version of eternal torment onto this passage. And also, weeping and gnashing of teeth is not about being tortured. It's about being in pain and about sorrow, the pain of sorrow at separation. So with those pieces kind of thrown in there, the idea of hell and what hell is, is a whole different sermon series, which I'm not going to go and try and preach in one day. And I'm not sure that even if I did, we'd have a settled answer. But just to say, you know, just be careful. Just be careful with being afraid of these phrases. I think that's what they do to us sometimes because we've grown up in sort of this Protestant culture which wants us to fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Well, I kind of say, walk in his ways and love the Lord, adore the Lord, be bowled over by the Lord, accept the invitation to this feast of the Lord. 
not in our common parlance now fear. Fear might have meant something else five centuries ago, but right now fear just means someone who makes you afraid. So I don't like that word, so we'll just not use it. Anyway, so this idea that discipleship is about taking things seriously, about getting ready, about preparing ourselves, and it's really hard for me up here to push through on some of these messages and say the hard things. I think it's hard for a lot of preachers in churches which are smaller because if we push too hard, we're afraid that people will walk away. And if some of you walk away, then we get a lot smaller and there's the realities of getting smaller. And so I tend to be very careful and walk this line between pushing too hard and driving people away, and that's probably not quite the right thing to do, but I'm being honest. And that perhaps for me is an example of not wearing the wedding robe, you know? It's like, we'll just muddle along and, you know, we'll just kind of be nice to each other and just let it, let it kind of drift. And that's not what we're called to, either as clergy or as people. So I guess the invitation today is not to consider what I need to be saying, but consider what you need to be doing. What does it mean to be invited to this feast of the Lord? What does that mean to take it seriously? How do you get ready? What is your wedding robe? And your wedding robe is laying down. It's taking off the junky clothes, as well as putting on the nice clothes. And what we tend to do is just shove, like me, you know, I've got, I've got Dr. Martin's 1928 boots under here. Um, you know, it's, we just put something on top instead of actually taking off and putting on. I guess that's what I want to ask you today, to really consider taking off and putting on. Because in Matthew, you're not called because you're poor or diseased or outcast necessarily. You're called because you're a person, good or evil. There's only good or bad people. There's no one else. You're called because you're you. You're not called because of the things that make you weak. You're called because of the whole of you. The things that make you weak are supported, but you have strength as well, and it's all different. So just be thinking about that. I don't have an answer because it's different for each of you, but that's something that we really need to hang on to uh, rather than going down the Luke road, and there's nothing wrong with this, but that's not what we're doing this week, this year of uh, concentrating on social gospel and seeing if this really is about someone else. This is about us here and now. Amen.